You're listening to Marriage Minute with Pastors Richard and Donna Spears, impacting marriages that leave a lasting legacy. Hey, well, thanks for joining us again on the Marriage Minute with Pastors and Richard, Don- Richard and Donna. <laughs> You yeah, got it. Richard got it. and Donna Spears. I had that right, I guess. Hello. So. Thanks for joining us today. <laughs> <laughs> we're so we're so happy. You know, hopefully last week was a great um, message for you guys to take in. And yeah. so we've got some more great stuff to share with you today. We do. Um, if you would like and share the broadcast, we would we would love that. Uh, Revival Now, Dan Steep uh, on YouTube and Facebook. And you can also watch us live from our website at RevivalNow.com, or you can watch on the Revival Now app. Amen. Well, also, I forgot to mention, we you can also watch on the Revival Now TV app on Roku and oh, Apple cool. TV. So awesome. There's a number of different ways that you can watch us, either on demand or live. And so uh, we just look forward to seeing you there. And um, hey, also, the other thing I've, I've, I think I forget to mention from time to time is if you have marriage questions... Oh, yeah. You can send your questions to us at info at, no, I'm sorry, marriage minute at, at revivalnow.com. Marriage minute too at much, revivalnow.com. There's too much info in our brain. There is a lot of info <laughs> in my brain right now. So, yeah, so we, we, we want to make sure that we're trying to respond in our program, um, in our broadcast to your questions. And so please feel free to, to email us, text us. Um, or message us through through um, those those social media channels. We'll definitely see those things, and we'll, we want to respond in kind to those questions that you have. So today, we're talking about four habits of emotionally four. healthy couples. You all like it when we assign numbers, because those episodes yeah. that we have four of this or five of that or two of that or three of this, you're like, man, I want, I want those steps. And I get it. Yeah. I get it. Steps are helpful. When you're in that place, you know, you're like, just give me steps because don't give me any fluff out there because I don't get it. So, Hey, we're giving you what you want. So what do we, we're talking about four habits of emotionally healthy couples, traditions, you know, things that we do are, are, Pretty much in disciplines. Every, they're in every they're in every marriage. Yeah. Um, yeah. So either those things that we've learned from our past, we watched our parents growing up, we saw what they did, and we're basically repeating some of those things that we saw. Now, not everything that we saw our parents do in marriage and life were maybe on the good side. Mm-hmm. Some of those things we need to let go and start our new patterns of, of life and, and marriage, and we want to do those things in a, in a healthy way. And so that's what we're here to talk about. But Amen. your habits will predict your future. So oh, yeah. if you're going to continue in the same habits that you started when you first married, then you don't you shouldn't expect to get anything different or see any change uh, in your marriage. But you've got to start something new and make sure that those habits are, are I guess, making a positive impact on the prediction of your future. Mm-hmm. Uh, what you do on a regular basis is the most important thing in your marriage. Mm-hmm. So, you know, discipline, like you said, um, habits are something that should be you know, something that's ongoing. It's not something that I just do from time to time. I'm in trouble. I'm trying to get out of trouble. I'm in the doghouse, <laughs> so to speak. It's a, that's a slang thing that we use here in America. Yeah. Um, uh, that we're in a bad place. Um, and so that's important. It's, it should be a regular thing. So what does the definition, when you look at the definition in a dictionary, what does it say about a habit? So the dictionary describes a habit as it's an acquired behavior pattern that's regularly followed until it becomes almost involuntary. Hmm. So acquired there means that you actually begin something. So you can acquire 
a behavior. Yeah. Um, even today, we could we could acquire a new habit, a new right. behavior. Yeah. Um, today, we may not have always done this, and we we have had to acquire new habits in our marriage um, as we were as God was restoring and rebuilding our marriage and our relationship. Right. We've had to acquire a lot of new habits, and we've had to be diligent. Um, to make sure that those habits, those disciplines, those good godly habits and disciplines are what's coming forth in our marriage. Yeah, so no marriage that is good, if I'm hearing what you're saying, no marriage that is good happens on its own. No, no. That's, that's, the, that's the fact. So, yeah, so good marriages take work. Great marriages take work and, and take a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't get where we are because we've got good chemistry. We didn't get where we are because we feel like we married our soulmate. You know, we didn't get where we are mm-hmm. out of, out of dumb luck. Right. You know, we didn't get where we are in our marriage by happenstance. We got there because we we followed the word of God and incorporated what the Bible said uh, about marriage into our life and into our marriage. Right. We were we were. Um, determined what it was that um i yeah. don't know what the word is uh, diligent determined diligent, we persistent we, yeah we were adamant right. that we're doing a new thing here mm-hmm. and we are going to go down the path that god has us going down right and here's the thing this goes back to like part of our heart for this ministry is is that we wanted to leave a legacy better than what we started mm-hmm. and so we knew that the impact of how we were doing our marriage was going to have a negative impact upon our children and so I hope today that our children would say, you know, we've seen the changes in mom and dad. Mm-hmm. And um, as a result of that, I want to do things more as they they have learned and done now in their life and marriage than what they did at the start. Amen. And so hopefully our kids have been able to see the transformation in our life and our marriage. And that's been a positive impact upon them because that's really, yes, we wanted to make sure we had a good marriage because at some point the kids leave and our life is not about our children right. anymore. We that's raised right. them and it's just for a time. But it comes back to us again. And mm-hmm. so if we don't build something strong with good habits and, and a good approach mm-hmm. based upon God's word, it's and gonna it's gonna falter. It's gonna be shaken, like we talked about last, last week. week. And and so God's design for marriage, <clears throat> his it's his idea was marriage. Marriage was yeah. God's idea from the very beginning. Right. And and as quickly as Genesis chapter two Mm-hmm. Um, verse 24, you know, you hear this verse uh, quoted a lot at weddings and I can, stuff. I can read it. If you would, that would be great. Sure. <clears throat> so this says, uh, Genesis 2, starting in verse 24, this explains why man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. Now the man and his wife were both naked, but they felt no shame. So right there, Genesis 2, 24 <clears throat> That is the plan. That is where the four laws of, of marriage is laid out. Yep. And and that is the law of priority, the law of pursuit, the law of partnership, and the law of purpose. Purity. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry. Purity. Had that one wrong. Yeah, because you can talk about the, the they were both naked and they felt no shame. There you go. So purity. it's really more about Sorry, purity. Sorry, my bad. Right. That's my good. bad. That's but good. right there, Genesis 2. Hey, right go, back at and, the... go back and watch our previous podcast. Okay, I'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny because I was going to scroll up. I'm like, what's the other P? What's the last P? And, uh, and yeah, so I messed that up. But thank, okay. thank you for your grace. Hey, no problem. Yeah. So what, what could be habit number one? What's habit number one that we can incorporate into our marriage and we have incorporated into our marriage? You know, praying together and trusting God. That's huge. 
That's very big. Drop the mic. Drop. Boom. So every day we pray twice a day. Um, at least. At minimum. least. Yeah. And so, you know, some of you might say, well, that's a lot. I mean, to our schedules won't. Okay. That, okay. Whatever. Excuses. Uh, I, we would recommend, you know, every day, at least once a day together. Um, things come up in your life with your children, with your marriage, family, whatever. And there's times that you can pray together. You know, mm -hmm. God says, I'll answer your prayers. I hear your prayers. Um, and so that's when you pray, you're saying, I trust God mm -hmm. because I, I know that he's hearing me. I know that he's listening and I can offer these things up to him because he's, he helps me. He's a comforter. Uh, in my life. And I know that he's going to help, help me get through that. I know for us, you know, we haven't always prayed together. I mean, we have yeah. prayed together, but not as, um, intentional mm -hmm. as we do now. Sure. So what we do is, is before we eat our lunch and before we eat our dinner, um, we take time to pray together because you're, you're praying together anyway to have your, you know, for God to bless your food. So we take an extra, whatever, however long it takes, you know, five, 10 minutes, whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, and it recenters us and it refocuses us and it helps us to know that God is in control, that we can trust him and that we are putting, you know, all of what we're praying about into his hands. And, and that to me is just so, so nice. And, and so, you know, there are times we pray together on the way over here. You know, we, mm -hmm. if somebody asks us to pray, we'll pray together. So I think, you know, we pray together a lot more than what we think because mm -hmm. it's just become a natural habit mm -hmm. um, for us to just grab each other's hand and say, hey, we need to pray right now. And it doesn't matter if we are uh, out in public somewhere. It doesn't matter if we are in the bathroom. It doesn't matter, you know, if God drops something on our heart or someone is asking for prayer, you know, I pray for him regularly, you know, that the Lord would strengthen him. And just personally, you know, we pray for our marriage, we pray right. for, our, you know, and so it, it is something that is just so vital. Did you mention how, how long it takes for a habit to form? Did you say that earlier? I didn't say that. Okay. So studies have shown that it takes around 60 days for a habit really to be formed. So mm -hmm. you've got to be back to your other adjectives that you used earlier. You have to be persistent. You mm -hmm. have to do Absolutely. that thing uh, so that it becomes um, involuntary. That's yeah. the word yeah. I was looking for, yeah. involuntary. You want it to get to that place, and that's how it is with us. I think the thing about the praying you know, before our meals, because our meals are going to happen, yeah. right? They're like automatic. So yeah. that's like our built-in timer, if you were, our, yeah. our built-in you know, um, reminder, reminder really. and calendar item, if you will, that it's, it's always going to happen because we're always going to eat together. That's right. That's right. Um, and so we, it's just a natural thing. Mm -hmm. But as you said, there's other times that things pop up that we pray for, like we pray for this broadcast before we, we come on because we want God to use us in a way that Absolutely. affects people's lives and Absolutely. marriages. Um, and so we want it to be him. We don't want it to be us. And so, um, you know, yeah, those so, will so happen. if this isn't something that you do, um, regularly right now, then we just want to wanted to share what we do as a practical way to incorporate um, intentional prayer um, into your life. You know, even if it's yeah. okay, well, breakfast and lunch is out because I, uh, I work, you know, I get it. So then dinner, you know, dinner and before bed, you yeah, know, and just... I, I, and I guess the other thing I wanted to say is that don't let it become a religious thing. Well, okay, well, oh, that's gosh. what pastors yeah. Richard and Donna yeah. say to do is do it. No, we want you to do it when it, it works for your schedules Absolutely. because our schedules are different than yours. Absolutely. And so don't make it a religious thing, uh, but but make it intentional and set a time 
uh, at least once a day to pray together. That may be before you go to bed at night. Mm -hmm. Fine, whatever. And, and, and yeah, and so along with, you know, praying together, and this is something that I felt was important for us, is set, set what are you believing for for your marriage? What are right. you believing for? I'm glad that's where you're going. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Set God-sized goals together. Like we have got some major God-sized goals that we have set and we have shared with the Lord and, and we are actively pursuing mm -hmm. and, and waiting on God because, you know, waiting, it's an active waiting. When you wait on the Lord, you do that one thing that he tells you until the next step comes from him. And so, you know, don't go through life with, with your spouse and not have God-sized goals that, that you see God's hand in, I'm getting goosebumps, daily because mm -hmm. God is answering your prayer. Right. You know, when God, when you set goals and you pray together and you are believing together and you're expecting God to move mountains on your behalf together yeah. and he does those things, those are like connections that you and I have. <clears throat> they are faith, huge faith builders. And it's something that we experience together. So this goes back to the scripture that we talked about last week. We we talked about God blessing yeah, people, yeah, right? When yeah. you when you're operating within His Word and you're following uh, what He's called for your life. But let me, this this is this is important because of this God sized goal. You said, well, you know, I've I'm, I've got life, I've got a job, I'm whatever. No, God has God wants us to increase. His kingdom should be increasing mm -hmm. physically upon mm -hmm. the earth, but it also be, should be increasing in me, in my heart, right? But then it says in Genesis uh, chapter 1, verse 28, so then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. That means increase. So you're not supposed to stay where you're at. God has a, a big plan and a destiny, and, and we have to discover that, mm -hmm. that our, what our destiny mm -hmm. is. And when we would dis discover that destiny that he has for us, um, then we can be a blessing not only to ourselves, but also to others in our family, people that we meet. We can do kingdom-sized things because mm -hmm. God is not um, wanting to restrain us. God is wanting us to be fruitful, mm -hmm. and he's wanting us to multiply. So you have to have big dreams, God-sized dreams, dreams that you cannot do on your own. Mm -hmm. And when you are praying about those kinds of things and you're stepping uh, based upon the Lord leading you um, and doing those things, you're going to see miraculous and wonderful things take place in your life and in your marriage. So you got to pray for big things. Yeah, don't don't think, limit don't God. Don't limit God and don't think that God doesn't have a plan for you. Jeremiah 29, 11 says he yeah. knows the plans that he has for you, plans to prosper you. And so God has <laughs> big God-sized dreams. He has big plans for each and every one of you out there. So don't sell yourself short. Yeah, We so did that for so long. We I did. Think. We did. So what's the second one, babe? So this is second one that, that we didn't do so well early on right. until we we kind of like got some teaching and some counseling on how to to move through this it's resolve negative feelings daily um the, the bible says don't let the sun go down on your anger don't right. which basically don't go to bed angry because when you do yeah. you're allowing we've talked about this in previous episodes you're allowing the devil to get in and counsel you while you sleep yeah and then you wake up madder than a hornet even more so at your spouse because you've allowed the devil to say, well, what about this? 
And did God really say that? And look what Richard did. And look and look what he's doing. He doesn't love you. All of those things happen when you're sleeping. And it's just so crazy how, how it does. So it's okay to be angry. Yeah. It's okay that, that I get angry. It's okay that he gets angry, frustrated. It's okay to have all of those emotions. It is okay. It's how you handle them when they come. But it says do not sin. And, and do not, don't be mean spirited towards right. your spouse, right. you know, communicate, yep. uh, maturely, you know, if, if you go to bed angry, like I said, you know, it, you're going to wake up worse than when, when you went to sleep. So last yesterday's anger, what you're saying, yesterday's anger is a problem. Yeah. Today's anger is not a problem. Today's anger is not a problem. If you deal with it today. Yesterday's, Yesterday's anger is, is a, a problem. Huge issue. Last week's anger is a bigger problem. And if you just allow that to fester even longer, six months worth of anger is going to turn into bitterness and a, a number of different emotions that you're going to be dealing with. Yeah. So at that point, offense has settled in mm-hmm. big time and, and you're responding out of your hurt and anger um, as opposed to allowing God to lead your life. Right. And so it, it is very important how how you process anger and you need to process it maturely. Good marriages, mm-hmm. great marriages process today's anger maturely. They right. talk about things. It might not be like right when you want to, but you're mm-hmm. going to talk about it before you go to bed. Yep. And here's, here, you know, we've, we've done, I think, an episode on anger and how to process and talk, uh, you know, communication and how to healthily communicate with your spouse, even through any emotion. But but you need to give your spouse the right to complain. Right. That's like number one. Like this number is the how to. Like you're going to tell me what he's going to tell me what he's going to complain mm-hmm. about what he's upset about. But what he's not going to do is point the finger at me. He's not going to criticize me. He's not going to put me on uh, a defense mode right off the bat. Right. And so even though it might have been something that I, I did or said or whatever, um, I'm going to hear him out in a way that he he's going to help me understand how what I did made him feel. So that is is I guess we could categorize that under complaining. There's no shaming. There's no blaming. There's no pointing the finger. Be humble. But just think about it like um, like we were talking about a little bit yesterday. Just think about going to a store. You 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 purchase something. It did not. It didn't meet your expectations as far as you know, the service or how the product was going to work or whatever. And you want to return that to the store mm-hmm. and they have a customer service department, right? A counter that yeah. you take that back to. Now, if, you, if you're dealing with somebody and you're sharing this with them and then they're basically scolding you on why are you returning this package? That's not a great customer mm-hmm. service department. Yeah. Yeah. Why would I even go back to them? Why would I even shop at that store in the future? I, I wouldn't. You were asking me for an example yesterday yeah. and we were both like, I'm like, I don't make a habit of like returning things. And right. like I, I just don't, and and uh, so I didn't really have a good example. But when we were at um, Walmart yesterday, yeah, and there was a lady that was returning a, um, it was a pool. Did you see that? I didn't see that. So she had used this pool and um, wrapped it up and got it back in the box. You know, some one of those inflatable, and it was a big one, bigger one, and the box looked great. You could tell she had opened it and used it and whatever. And the, the customer, the lady that was helping her, she was like, um, so how did you know it doesn't work? And she says, well, I took it out and I had put it into my hose and we don't have enough water pressure to make things, the water spout up like it's supposed to. Now, this, this person that was working the desk could have said, well, 
you know, you've already run water through it. We can't sell it. You know, I'm sorry. It, you know, we can't. We, and she was like, oh, well, that's just, that's not good, is it? She goes, well, you got it back in this box. I mean, she handled it so nice and didn't make the lady feel like guilty mm -hmm. for trying something out and having to bring it back. Right. And it was just kind of like an right. example of, yeah, that's a good of what we're talking about. So yeah. yeah, the right to, to share your frustrations, the right to complain about them, but not to criticize. Right. You know, complaining and criticizing are very different. Very different. Um, you do not, absolutely do not have a right to be critical and negative towards your spouse. Yeah, because then at that point, you're not making it about you. No. You're making it about them. Exactly. So, like, an example would be, like, Donna did something. She goes, or she said something that bothered me, and, and, and I, would, I could respond in this way, which is going to be more critical. Well, Donna, you said something to me yesterday, and it was so hurtful. I knew, I know exactly why you said it. Mm -hmm. You were acting just like your mom, mm -hmm. and you were trying to hurt me. And it really bothered me, and 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 I've already kind of judged why you did this, and it really makes me mad. And I it can't doesn't believe, matter what you say. I'm I don't just care what you said. Way. I've already prejudged you, and I already know exactly your motivation yeah. and why you did that. Yeah, that's being critical. Very critical. And I've already made the assumption that I understand her motivation and why she did it, and and all of that. That's being critical. But if you take it the other direction, which is uh, the opposite of that, which is just bringing a complaint for like. Honey, you said something yesterday. I'm not sure why you said it, um, but I just want you to know I, I was hurt by it. And again, I don't know what your motivation was behind that, but I would just like to talk about it so I can understand and just share how it was making me mm -hmm. feel. I felt I felt sad or I was mm -hmm. I felt disrespected. You may not have meant that at all, but um, can we just talk about that so yeah. I can just better understand your heart behind yeah. what that... Totally, totally different approach. So I'm not putting her on the defensive. <laughs> That's right. I'm seeking to understand. Exactly. I'm not making these accusatory remarks because a lot of times what we do, and I've done this, and you 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 could say the same thing, is we allow the enemy. Again, we talked earlier about um, maybe this was, was this last week or this week? Anyway, no, we talked about just now. When we go to bed on anger, we, can, we allow the devil to counsel us in our sleep, mm -hmm. right? Uh, it's the same thing here. So if we um, allow offense to build up, we're allowing the devil to to tell us a story mm -hmm. about a conversation or what somebody may have said, and we allow the devil to counsel us mm -hmm. in believing what that person actually meant when we yeah. really don't know at all. Like you're really judging the uh, the heart of a person, and you really have no idea. Only you God know, can only judge God the knows. heart of the person. So yeah. the, the approach to take then is that, okay, I can bite onto or I can grab a hold of what the devil's saying. Like, this is the reason why this person did this. And I just run with it. Mm -hmm. And so then my approach and my tone is completely different. It's There's no maturity in it whatsoever. And my response is completely different based on how he approaches me. Exactly. And so when you, when you understand that you're being counseled by the devil, you're allowing stories to be built up in your mind. Uh, and then they come out because it gets kind of seated in your heart yep. and it comes out that way, then you, you can't expect that conversation to go yeah. well. And no. you're really not seeking to understand because you've already prejudged the situation. Amen. Um, and so uh, handling something uh, maturely uh, on an, emo an emotionally mature way and, and a spiritually mature way is to really seek to understand. Mm -hmm. Just communicate how it made you feel. You don't know the intent. You don't know the motivation but seek to understand that 
And then out of that, you're going to resolve the issue. And hopefully, you know, and I know this about my wife and I think she knows this about me, is when you have conversations like that, then there's going to be a heart to not want to do that again. Exactly. There's going to be, because I love you. Right. And I don't want to hurt hurt you. you. That's not my goal. It's never been my goal. And so if I can do it in an emotionally healthy way, then we're actually learning how to support one another and to be a a help to one Mm -hmm. another instead of a hurt. Amen. Yeah. So habit number three, um, once you get your negative feelings out and resolved... Is having fun. Having fun having together. Having fun together by being best friends. Best now, this friends. is huge for guys. I think we talked about this maybe a couple weeks back. But having our, our wife as our friend and our buddy is so important. I mean, we don't want our wives to be our mothers. We already have you know, a mother. Yeah. And I know some men that want their wives to be their mother. And it's right. just the woman, I can tell you right now, is not happy with that. No. Because they don't want to raise you, especially if you have children, they don't want to raise you as another child. (laughs) They want you to lead. They want, as men, they want us to be responsible. They want us to take the lead on things and to really, because that brings security for the ladies, Mm -hmm. right? Oh, yeah. Um, I'm getting off on on a little bit of a tangent here, but back to what our point is, is having fun together. So... It's important that we have fun together. It's important that we we plan things together. I know life and marriage and raising a family can be very taxing and 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 can really just uh, absorb and, and, and take up all of our time. But you've got to be intentional, uh, whether it's uh, once a week or once every couple weeks, depending on your finances and what's going on. You've got to set aside time for you and your and your wife, your spouse. To get away together, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to just Listen, reset. It's you, like a refreshing. Yeah, you did that when you guys first met. You know, you fell in love having fun together. Mm-hmm. You fell out of love because you stopped having fun together. And so you've done it before, and you can do it again. It's it's like I always say, God, God in His Word brings us back to remembrance of what all He's done for us, right? Yeah. And so it's the same <clears throat> thing. Take yourself back to remembrance of why you fell in love with each other in the first place. You were best friends then. You know, you can be best friends now. Right. And for a lady, I mean, guys, if we're setting up dates and or or things to do together, go to the go to the zoo, go see a movie, go out to dinner. Um, our wife really appreciates that. And this is why she appreciates that. It's because we're thinking of her. Yep. And we're putting yep. her first above everything else, the business of life, the business of, of, of job and work. Work and kids and hobbies cannot come before our marriage. So our what marriage it, and our spouse, you know, after God is, is number, one, number one, right? God and our relationship with him is number one. Out of that strength and source of that relationship, we can do this well. Yeah. And so when we make our wives, we make our husbands the priority and we are thinking about them and doing things and playing things to be together, that really matters to our ladies. And we mentioned this in our, uh, one of our episodes a few weeks ago, you know, what does that say to your spouse, to your wife, or even to your husband, you know, when they're planning things out or they're bringing you your favorite candy or they're bringing you your favorite drink. That means that I've thought about you. I have a mind towards you. I know you and I know your likes and I know Mm -hmm. your dislikes. They're getting into, he's getting into my world and I'm getting into his world. And and that is huge. huge. That's huge. It is. Yeah. So having fun together by being best friends, you can do it. 
Yep. You can do it. Your husband's not your enemy. Yep. Your your wife is not your enemy. You know, be best friends again. Have fun together. Laugh be silly. Together. Laugh together. Well, you know, if you take, here's the two things uh, for a marriage. If you take sex and you take fun out of a marriage, all you really have is a business relationship. Yeah. That's, that's all you've got. That's true. And if that's how you want to do life and marriage, then go ahead and do that. But it's not going to be very fulfilling. It's not going to be fun. And so um, those two things are very important to have intimacy, time together in that way, um, and to um, have fun together. Yep. Make things enjoy enjoyable. Enjoy life. My goodness. Yes. Enjoy life. Take time to smell the roses yeah. a little bit. Invest yeah. in each other so that you stay best buddies and friends for your entire life. And that can happen. So yeah. habit number four um, to have habit for, of the four habits of emo emotionally healthy couples, build close relationships both individually mm -hmm. and as a couple. Right. So 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, Don't be fooled by those who say such things, for bad company corrupts good character. Mm -hmm. Think carefully about what is right and stop sinning. For your, for to your shame, I say that some of you don't know God at all. We talked about this last week, as far as like um, one of the core foundations of of marriages is um, unshakable foundation for your marriage is having uh, biblically based friends, mm -hmm. having it going to church and having uh, church based friends, people that believe that what you believe. And, and it's important that when you build close relationships, um, both individually, me with other women, um, and us with other couples, him with other men, you know, those, what they believe matters, mm -hmm. you know, because you're going to build one another up. It's kind of a repeat of last week. You're going to build each other up. Now, can I be friends with a non-believer? Absolutely. Sure. But, but I need to be mature enough in my faith that, that where, what they're taking part in, in the world is not going to shake me. It's not going to persuade me. Absolutely. And if I find that that's happening and I'm, I'm veering away from God, I'm going to cut that person off. I just will, because I cannot afford, uh, eternity, um, or I'll try to bring them to, to Jesus, I guess would that's be my first and say. foremost. Yeah. But if that's not happening and I'm finding that their their behavior is corrupting me, that I'm going to have to sever the relationship. And I have done that. Uh, it, it's it's hard. It's very hard. Um, but it's yeah. absolutely necessary for my faith walk, for our faith journey. Uh, you know, we cannot hang around people and couples that, that think that divorce is an option um, because uh, corruptive behavior... Uh, Divorce runs in packs. Um, I've shared this before. There was a group of females in this city um, that I knew. Uh, one of them got divorced, and before you know it, there was like six of them. All six of them, and I'm not, I'm not kidding here. All six of them were divorced within that that year. Wow. So, so misery loves company. It sure does, and it matters who you hang with. So, um, you know, build close relationships with those people who are uh, believers in Christ, who believe what you believe, and and who. Follow God the way that you do, because it does matter. Make sure they have your same DNA. I, this scripture just came to mind. Um, I'd like to share it. Uh, Matthew chapter 12, verses 46 through 50. This is to the point you're just making. So, while Jesus was still talking to the crowd, his mother and brother stood outside mm -hmm. wanting to speak to him. Someone told him, your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to speak to you. He replied to, to him, who is my mother and who are my brothers? Pointing to his disciples, he said, 
Here are my mothers and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Not that he was discounting his parents, but he was teaching them mm-hmm. that what's important is is having having friends in your life that's wanting to do what God's will is for their lives Amen. and for your life. Amen. And so he even is saying the very thing that we're talking about right here. So again, everything we talk about is scriptural. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we base a, everything that we do on the word of God and even in what Jesus says. And so this is another example of how Jesus is talking about the importance of who you're hanging with. And, um, and, hey, and the, the 12 of, mattered. Who the 12 were mattered. Exactly. And you know, you can love, Jesus loves everybody. You can love everyone. Right. But your closest relationships need to have your DNA. Mm -hmm. Your closest relationships need to be uh, followers Mm -hmm. of the the word. Right. So let's just bring this to a close then. So we've, we've had four different habits that we've talked about. We've talked about praying together and trusting God. Big one. Yeah. Do it every day. Figure out Actually, a, the best time. Yeah, do it every day. Find the best time that works for you. We, we kind of told you what our routine is. Make it is. happen. Make it happen. Uh, resolve negative feelings daily. Don't let things just carry on and allow offense to build and bitterness and unforgiveness to build. Deal with it today mm-hmm. um, and handle it. Um, thirdly, have fun together. Be best friends. Be silly. Make, make a routine. Make sure that you're intentional about spending time together without your children, without all other family distractions. It's just the two of you getting away for a weekend, you know, once every couple months, get away, you know, weekly or or at least twice a month to go out to dinner, whatever, do those things. And then have close relationships individually and with other couples that have a like-mindedness as it pertains to the word of God and how they see marriage from a biblical viewpoint. Those things matter to have strong, uh, healthy habits, emotionally healthy habits in your marriage. So, you know, when we look at couples who are chronically healthy, they're people of prayer, they're Mm -hmm. people of faith, Mm -hmm. they trust God, they don't let anxiety build up in their relationship, they don't let anger build up, and they have the ability to resolve feelings quickly, mm-hmm. like we've talked That's right. about. That's right. Um, they value their relationship, and they and they prioritize time together and with other people that are like-minded. Yes. That's critical. That's so very important. You want to implement these things in your life and in your marriage because it's going to help you. Don't, don't be discouraged because, hey, I'm just starting. Uh, this is all new to me. That's okay. Just start. Yeah. Just start. And as you do it over a 60-day period of time, it will become an involuntary thing Amen. in your life and in your marriage. Amen. And and it'll just it'll just happen because you've built that as a habit on a daily basis. It's going to take a little work, it's going to take a little effort, but you're supposed to Any pursue good each thing other. Takes work. Yeah. Yeah. All good marriages require work and effort. You Amen. have to be intentional. So pursue Amen. each other. Know each other. Do the things that make you happy with each other. And build that into your life and into your marriage. So let's pray for everybody out there. Right. So Father, I just thank you for each and every one who is who has tuned into our broadcast, whether live or on demand or, or podcast. We just thank you for each and every one. We yes. thank you that as they implement these habits into their life and into their marriage, that Father, there's going to be a change that takes place, that you're going to empower them by That's your good. spirit to do the right things for each other to really grow and work at their marriage so that they're they're not putting their marriage as second or third place, uh, but they're putting it as first place because yes, it's so important to keep their marriage uh, with passion and on fire 
and excitement and love for each other so that that can, from that place, that pours down to everything else in their life, to their job, to their children, the family, uh, to wherever that extends to, Father God. We thank you for a firm foundation. We thank you for these four habits that help to support them to be more emotionally healthy and emotionally and spiritually mature, Father. So we thank you for people grabbing hold of it today. We thank you that they're going to implement that. They're going to make new and better habits uh, from today's teaching, and it's going to impact them and and their uh, children for generations to come. So, Father, we thank you for it. We bless each and every one in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. God bless you guys. We We love love you. you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening today. Catch all of our podcasts at RevivalNow.com and send us your Marriage Minute questions at MarriageMinute at RevivalNow.com.